Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It has been a banner week here, at least in the Howe house. Yeah, let's hear about that. Well, somebody in the house had a birthday this week and... Who was that? That would be me. I saw a picture. Your yard was decorated. Yeah, that was a a little different. I got the uh, the middle school girl treatment uh, for my birthday from my wife. Um, had a big sign, a big yard sign, uh, or sign I'm not going to say anything about you getting the middle school girl treatment. It was it was a little different. Usually those are those kind of celebrations are reserved for you know middle school girls. Um, but yep, 37 year old me got the uh, the yard sign of uh, the happy birthday sign. So that was a little different. But that night we got to go to the Devil Wards. Had floor seats right in front of the uh, the auxiliary stage there, and it's just an incredible night. Uh, we had a blast. I mean, I, I know we've joked about it the last couple of years about the Devil Wards and, and maybe going one day, and it, it was everything that you thought it would be, and then some. We had backstage passes uh, because Lifeway was a big sponsor, so got to so go who'd backstage. So who did you meet? Who did you talk to? Uh, Danny Goki, uh, Jordan Feliz, Matthew West, saw Beth Moore and Travis Cottrell. Uh, they were there presenting. Uh, on behalf of Lifeway as well, so saw them, saw Reba. Wow! And uh, I mean, like everybody, uh, the Hillsong she United didn't talk folks. To Reba. I did not get to talk she to, talk Reba. to Reba. I did not get to talk to Reba. She, as you can imagine, she was uh, quite the celebrity, um, and she even won an award. So, I, and to me, it felt like kind of like Kobe Bryant going and playing church league basketball with Reba coming and and coming to the Doves. Right. Um, no offense to right. to the people at the Doves, but. Um, it's just like country mega superstar worldwide. And now she's a she Christian yeah. album. So it was, it was kind of different, but she won an award. Congratulations to her. Uh, we saw I, Lauren, I Lauren Daigle and a yeah, bunch of others. I, I mean, everybody really. And Bill Gaither. I was standing right next to Bill Gaither. That was kind of weird. That's kind of a big kinda deal. Cool. Yeah. The Oak Ridge boys, everybody. So it was neat. Oh, now the Oak Ridge boys. Yeah. I, I was always a big fan. And I, I've come to the realization that one of the Oak Ridge boys looks like a Statler brother. And, um, I, I, at first I saw him, I was like, is that, one of the Statler brothers, like, no, that's the guy from the Oak Ridge Boys. So I didn't realize that. But which one? Let's um, have that discussion real quick. I don't know. It's the the one with the kind of the sandy color hair and the the goatee. I, I can't. I don't know which. Oh yeah, he does look a little like a Statler brother. Okay, that makes sense. So the bass singer Richard Sturban. I got his autograph. I remember when I was a See kid. See the one with the beard. Um, no, he's kind of the long, well, not the really long hair, but the, the, he sings bass. Okay. Yes. I know who who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I went up at a Vanderbilt basketball game and got his autograph when I was a kid. Um, but, uh, that I would have probably been most excited to see them. I saw Reba in a restaurant once when I was, um, a teenager, but we did not go talk to her because of the Nashville rule. Yeah. Well, I think the Nashville rule was suspended for this because everybody was just kind of milling about in the backstage area. Right. So we you were can getting just pictures talk to everyone. Seeing everybody. I was with Trevin Wax and his wife and uh, Mike Harlan, Joe Walker, a bunch of people from Lifeway, Eric Geiger, Earl Roberson. So we, we had a great time. It was it was a blast. Beth had a blast. I got to introduce my Beth to Miss Beth. Nice. So that that was neat for Beth Moore and my wife to, to finally meet. So we had a great time. Very cool. And we had a lot of Southern Baptist winners as well, including Mercy Me. Who uh, they're down at Life Point Church in uh, the Antioch kind of that area, Smyrna area, as right. well as uh, you know a lot of other Southern Baptists, including uh, Chris Tomlin. So it, it was fun. It was it was a great night, uh, a, an incredible event. I was very blown away at the production, the stage. I, I mean, it, it it looked like something you'd see on TV, and you can 
uh, later in the year. Right. Yeah, they'll, that, it's kind of a tape delayed. Yep. And, and speaking of birthdays, Amy, big, big day, two days after my birthday always in SPC history is October 19th, which is the birthday for both Dr. Paige Patterson and Dr. Albert Moeller. That's correct. Always see that pop up on Twitter now. I used to hear about it years ago, but uh, now it pops up on social media. Yep. And speaking of Dr. Moeller, this week's episode is sponsored by the Billy Graham School of Missions, Evangelism, and Ministry at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Whether you're preparing to plant or revitalize churches in North America or to take the gospel to places where Christ is not yet known, the Billy Graham School is committed to training the next generation of Great Commission leaders. Learn more about the Billy Graham School's MDiv, DMIN, or other degree programs today by visiting sbts.edu slash bgs. Again, that is sbts.edu slash bgs. Big news out of Alpharetta this week. Amy, largest Annie Armstrong Easter offering in history was announced by the North American Mission Board. $59.6 million. It's $59 million. $648,377 to be exact. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. You sent me a message and you said, I got big news. When I found out, I wasn't even expecting that. That's huge. Yes. So it eclipses the previous record of $59.4 million given back a decade ago in 2007, as well as the 2016 amount, which was the second highest on record at $58.8 million. So maybe 2027 will be the, the next time we eclipse <laughs> every 10 yeah. years it looks like no but i'm, I'm hoping uh, next year will be over 60 million dollars uh kudos to everybody over at the north american mission board they're making it clear what they're about and how they're accomplishing it uh, we know that north american mission board is primarily focusing on two things that send north america uh, which is church planning and church revitalization and replanning across the u.s including evangelism as well as send relief which is our disaster relief program uh, for Southern Baptists and uh, people are behind the mission of the North American Mission Board and giving to that effect. So congratulations again to them. Also, I mentioned disaster relief in there. Uh, California fires, Amy, this is a big story out in California and not getting a lot of press down here in the southeast, but uh, major wildfires continuing to burn in California and the old Gateway Campus in Northern California out there in Mill Valley is being used as a shelter. Yeah, I saw that uh, just pop up the other day, and uh, they're sheltering uh, evacuees and fire crews from out of town. And uh, so this is a huge thing that's happening. You know, we've come off of these hurricanes um, that have gotten a lot of our attentions, and particularly uh, Puerto Rico continuing to be in the news uh, for this. But what's happening in California is really, really massive. Uh, the governor saying perhaps the greatest tragedy the state has ever faced. Wow. Um, so this is another another place where our disaster relief crews um, are really getting into gear. And uh, and then, you know, the, the former campus of Gateway, which is a beautiful campus um, there and has a lot of uh, buildings and, and uh, uh, spots to hold evacuees. But this is a great way for people to help. Yeah, it is. Uh, just some numbers coming out of there. Uh, 21 deaths in the Santa Rosa, California community and damage in the Santa Rosa area included a 7,000 resident subdivision leveled by wildfire. So you've got 7,000 residents who have no home left. And you've got a lot of other wow. places, the, the you know, a lot of other homes, apartment complexes, everything else in the area are, are being burned to the ground. The, the housing shortage out there is, is going to be 
uh, a disaster uh, for those who live in the area. So it's going to be a very long time before we uh, kind of get over this. And, and you mentioned uh, yeah. the largest disaster in California history. And that's saying something after all the earthquakes that they've had out right. there and how devastating those have been. Right. Oh, so tough. Amy, some disturbing news out of South Carolina this week, a Richmond County lawsuit in uh, the Columbia, uh, South Carolina, the capital city there, uh, quotes numerous sexually explicit text messages with a uh, First Baptist Church youth worker uh, allegedly sent to a boy in the church program, adding church officials did little or nothing for years while the worker sexually abused the youth. Uh, the boy, now 17, was about 11 when the abuse began, according to the lawsuit filed in the Richland County Circuit Court. The church has issued a response to the state newspaper, which is the uh, the newspaper in the Columbia area, uh, reading, and I quote, Last fall, First Baptist Church became aware of allegations of inappropriate conduct by an unpaid volunteer in the student ministries department. A church, as church policy dictates, the appropriate committee investigated. The committee concluded that the volunteer violated church policies. Disciplinary action was taken. The volunteer no longer attends First Baptist Church and was prohibited from further contact with our students. Church lawyers advised against further public comment at this time. Uh, that's the end of the quote there. And uh, But it, as the paper says, the statement did not address the lawsuit's allegations that they covered up instances of sexual abuse or whether the church had contacted law enforcement about the misconduct alleged as required by state law. That's a, a good thing to remember there, as required by state law. So if uh, this uh, comes up in your church, it's a good thing to remember that you are required to uh, report these, and uh, we will keep an eye on that story as well and uh, see if anything else develops from First Baptist Church, Columbia, South Carolina. Amy, it's state convention time. I have my spreadsheet checked. After this week, we will have yes. five states checked off. Awesome. So, so let's look. Let's go to Montana. Montana. Six church plants and a new three-year partnership with the Southern Baptists of Texas Convention uh, were among the highlights at the Montana Southern Baptist Convention's annual meeting. They focused on spiritual refreshing. Barrett Duke um, was there, former vice president of ERLC, is the executive director now. Uh, he said uh, in the Baptist Press story, we kept business at a minimum and focused on worship, equipping, encouragement, and fellowship. So they um, they they had just a really special time together. They approved their um, 2018 budget uh, for one million three hundred three thousand seven hundred sixty six. And they maintain for the fourth year, 25% of their receipts go to national and international SBC causes. Their CP giving is it remains strong, and they're even a little bit ahead of uh, where they were in CP giving last year. And as we always like to point out, um, when those percentages sound uh, low, it is a little bit different in some of these uh Western states, some of these frontier states, uh, just because of all the things that they are trying to do on a limited budget, um, sorry, with large geographical areas. All right. And new officers were elected. Uh, Lee Merck, pastor of Church of the Rockies, as president. Chad Scarborough, pastor of First Baptist Church Shelby, was elected as vice president. They had a couple of some big names up there at the uh, the meeting there. They had uh, Stephen they had, Rummage. Yeah, they had Stephen Rummage. They had uh, Darren Hales, uh, who's the outgoing president. He spoke as well. But Stephen Rummage, pastor at Bell Shoals Baptist in Brandon, Florida. Well, that's a long way to travel. Uh, and yeah. Stephen Bass, who is the uh, NAM vice president and former Arizona state exec. He handles uh, convention relations out in the western United States, as well as Ashley Clayton, good friend of the podcast yes. over at the executive committee. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so they had a, a great group. And um, just sounds like it was a really encouraging time. 
for them. All right. Moving down to Colorado, first annual meeting for Dr. Nathan Lorick, who is the new executive director of the Colorado Baptist General Convention. They passed a budget of $3.4 million, uh, which is uh, pretty much even from last year, with anticipated CP receipts from churches just a hair under $2 million, and they're going to forward on 32.97%, which is a half a percent up from this past year, and uh, they elected new officers, Amy. Calvin Whitman of um, Applewood Baptist Church in Wheat Ridge, James Moreland from Denver Christian Bible Church, uh, was first vice president, uh, Rollin Kennison from Rosemont Baptist Church, was second vice president, and uh, Jan, I, I hope I say this right, Lozer is my guess uh, for this as recording secretary, who's a, a ministry assistant at the, the state convention. If I got that wrong, please uh, forgive me. Uh, Fred Luter was out there speaking, yeah. and... Uh, and Todd Unziker. Yep. Good. Another good friend of the pod. Yes. Out there speaking at that one. And uh, we also had a chance earlier uh, whenever the executive committee meetings were going on last month here in Nashville. Uh, Nathan Lork was here in town and I had a chance to interview him about everything going on in Colorado as uh, the new executive director. And that conversation is right here. This week, joining us on SBC This Week is Nathan Lorick. He is the new executive director of the Colorado Baptist General Convention. Nathan, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. All right, so tell us uh, about the, the new gig. You started August 1st and came from Texas at the SBTC, where you were the state evangelism director, and uh, and now you're you're the, the guy in, in Colorado. Well, hey, it's a privilege to come and uh, serve along the church side of the churches of Colorado and uh, there's a lot of momentum happening in Colorado right now, and we're, what we're wanting to do is just uh, help this network of churches known as the CBGC um, come together and work for the greater glory of God across Colorado. And so it's really exciting times, man, to be in the West, and I believe God wants to do something incredible in the West, and I believe he wants to start it in Colorado. So it, we are really privileged and honored to be there. Yeah, and now tell us about some of the opportunities you, you guys have in Colorado that, that you know maybe some of the southern states don't realize or, or quite understand. The mission field out there, you got a Sin City in Denver. Uh, Colorado's got a few different regions. Uh, I don't think people maybe outside of Colorado really understand the, the different types of regions that Colorado sees. But uh, you, you've got a lot of opportunities out there. Tell us about some of those. Yeah, so Colorado could could kind of be broken down into three areas. You have West Colorado, uh, Western Colorado, uh, which is kind of western of the uh, western side of the Continental Divide, and uh, a lot of great work happening out there. Some smaller towns, but there's some great size towns. I mean, Grand Junction has roughly a hundred thousand people in it, and so a lot of great uh, things happening on the western side of the mountains. And then you have Eastern Colorado, which is more of your uh, agricultural. Uh, kind of area of the state, and uh, there's some church plants happening there. Some of our churches are growing strong, and then you have the Front Range, which is where it all kind of comes together uh, along I-25 corridor, Fort Collins, Denver, Colorado Springs. Enormous growth happening in there in that in those regions, and uh, there's uh, church planters coming in. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great things happening. Yes, we have Sin Denver, which is uh, uh, the Front Range again, Fort Collins down to Colorado Springs. Uh, we need more church planters, and so man, if you're listening to this and God is prompting you to come plant, listen, give me a call. We'd love to talk to you because the need is so great. But you know, another thing we have, Jonathan, going on that's that's pretty exciting is uh, 
there's kind of a replanting momentum happening uh, in Colorado and these churches that are dying. And uh, we have one of our lead churches that is uh, just, just, I mean, really, he's just doing an unbelievable job. He's gathering young leaders, developing and sending them out into these churches. And so uh, there's a lot of incredible things that God is doing in Colorado. And I just believe we're at the beginning of it. I mean, I really do. I believe God wants to use us uh, to see a fresh movement of God in the West. And the West needs it very, very badly. And, and we, we want it very desperately for God to move. So Now in Colorado, a little bit over 300 SBC churches. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's probably close to around 360, 370. Um, okay. And so, uh, but we're going to continue to grow. Uh, we, yeah. We're going to continue to plant churches at a rapid rate. And, um, I mean, the future is, is, is so bright for this network of churches. Yeah. Well, well, talk to us about the future. Tell us just, if you can, uh, some of the vision that you have for Colorado and Colorado Baptist and, and the SBC as it relates to Colorado. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I'd like to see, so I, I've pastored two churches. I've been the intermittent three churches, so I know what it's like to be in the trenches as a pastor. I know what it's like to, to lead a church uh, uh, through great seasons and tough seasons. Um, but one of the things I, I've always remembered from being a pastor is uh, it, it can be isolating. You can be out there alone. So one of the, one, one of the things we want to do in Colorado is uh, incorporate into our systems and our structures and our strategies ways for churches to partner together, not only to uh, break the barrier of uh, being isolated, but also, man, the more we can get these churches working together to impact our state, the greater the impact will be. And so obviously we want to continue on planting churches. We want to continue on uh, replanting churches, these churches that are declining or, or, or have said, hey, man, we, we're, we're about ready to give up. We want to come alongside of them, help infuse new life into them. Uh, and, and you know, man, we want to create, um, if there's any kind of paradigm that's not being uh, currently tested in uh, a state convention, uh, that's that's what we want to do. I heard O.S. Hawkins say, you're either imitators or you're innovators. And uh, at Colorado Baptist General Convention, we want to be innovators. We want to say, uh, say to the Lord, listen, man, give us a new fresh vision of what it could look like for a network of churches to partner together to reach a state. Now, some of the frontier states, or actually a lot of them in the Newark areas, uh, partner with NAM quite a bit. Uh, NAM's a big part of what's going on, especially when we, we start talking about Sin Cities. So how did the Colorado Baptist, you as the executive director, how do you guys interface with NAM and, and how does that look like, what does that look like kind of out on the field? Yeah, and that's a great question. Well, uh, let me just say uh, we have a great Sin Denver City missionary, Dave Howeth. Uh, I rode around with him in, our, in, in Denver the other day. I've never met someone who knows more about a city and I'm excited Dave's there. I'm excited that we're partnered with him uh, and, and with the North American Mission Board. I love Kevin Ezell. I love I love his vision, and I love uh, the direction that NAM has been going over the last several years. And uh, there's been a lot of churches planted in Colorado because of that vision. And so, uh, man, it's our joy to come alongside of them and uh, for them to come alongside of us as together we come and serve churches. Jonathan, I believe I, I don't believe that Jesus gave the Great Commission to a state convention. I don't believe he gave it to the Southern Baptist Convention. I believe Jesus gave the Great Commission to the local church. And so when we look at what we do— uh, the way that we operate, we operate to say our job as a state convention uh, is to come alongside of the churches 
to help them fulfill the Great Commission underneath the umbrella of the vision God's given that pastor. So that's what we do, and that's what our partnership with NAM uh, uh, allows us to do with these churches. So I'm very grateful for NAM and their work in Colorado, their enthusiasm for what's going on in Sin Denver, uh, and really across the state. And I just, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe that the greatest days of of the Colorado Baptist Convention are ahead because we're going to be innovative and we're going to be looking for ways to uh, uh, to, to maybe push the paradigm uh, to uh, work together for, for, for the greater impact, really. Now, in the working together, the uh, you spent the last several years on state convention staff. What are And one of the reasons or one of the things that we hear from pastors uh, sometimes is that aren't engaged is that they just don't know how they can partner with what's going on with the state convention. So uh, just if we have pastors listening to this and think, you know, I would love to get involved in what my state convention is doing. I just don't know how to or or where or, you know, what the benefit is. What, what are some of the reasons that you would encourage pastors to really get involved in what's going on in the states? Yeah. So, man, you know, it's one of those things. Communication's key, right? So uh, that's one of the things we're going to be working on in Colorado. How do we best and most effectively communicate to our pastors how we can best come alongside of them uh, in fulfilling the Great Commission in their community and 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 pushing the gospel to uh, every every person in Colorado and so uh communication's key you have to know what's going on so the 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 state convention has to be able to communicate that effectively but also there has to be multiple avenues that's one of the things we're working hard to create in Colorado is multiple avenues for churches to jump on board not not only i mean of course we love cooperative program uh and we're so grateful for that uh, but we want to be driven by mission, not method. And we want the, the, the mission to be funded, obviously, by the method. Um, but we want greater involvement even beyond uh, cooperative program. Yes, we, we want and we need cooperative program, but we want to we wanna, uh, see our churches uh, going to the next level of involvement beyond just that uh, or alongside of that. And so we're trying to work ways of creating multiple avenues. Uh, that's a work in progress. It's going to take us some time to really roll that out. Uh, but man, I tell you, I would love to see every church in Colorado somehow partnered with another church in Colorado. And that's what we're working on and working towards. Um, the great, listen, the state convention, man, not only is it a network, uh, for relationships, for sharing uh, creativity and ideas and uh, what's working here and what's working there. Uh, but really, it's it's a network. It's a family that, that helps you to not be isolated, to helps you, uh, to, that helps you to not feel like you're all alone on an island, but, uh, man, allows brothers to come alongside of you in the midst of what God's called you to do. And that's the beauty of a state convention. I tell churches all the time, uh, a church can, they can do international missions, Right. A church can raise up a family, send them out, fully support them. A church can plant churches. Uh, but what a church cannot do uh, in entirety by itself is to have a statewide mission strategy. And that's the beauty of a network of churches called a state convention, is that they have the opportunity to have a statewide mission strategy. In Colorado, there's a town in the far southwest that, that desperately needs churches in the northeast part of the state to be a part of the convention. And there's a church in uh, the southern south, southeastern tip that needs a church in Denver to be a part. And as we come together and in partnership, yes, through cooperative program, but in other ways, uh, other tangible and practical ministry ways, uh, man, there's there's just something that God does there when a network of churches really says we're in this together and we're better together. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for everything you're doing in Colorado. We wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for that, Jonathan, and great timing uh, with our report on the Colorado State Convention. Yeah, how about that? It worked out just perfectly. We had it in the can and just been going through our interviews, and it just timed right up. So the Lord worked 
sovereignty of God on display once again. All right, moving over to Southwestern, big week for them out there. They dedicated Mathena Hall on October 18th as part of their trustee meeting. And in that trustee meeting, they elected a new vice president for institutional advancement, Travis Trawick. He is presently working toward his Ph.D. in theology at Southwestern and serves as the associate vice president, having worked there since 2004. He's been in institutional advancement for a little bit over a decade there at Southwestern, so uh, elevated to the vice presidency role. Um, excellent. And uh, Frank Page came and, and spoke uh, that to the trustee meeting, uh, shared a word of encouragement and um they also approved a couple of academic chairs. Um, Matthew Harrison, Assistant Professor of Foundations of Education, will have the Jack D. and Barbara Terry Chair of Religious Education. And Dean um, Sieberhagen, I hope I'm saying that right, Associate Professor of Islamic Studies, uh, will have the Vernon D. and Jeanette Davidson Chair of Missions. Also, Keith Lofton was promoted to Associate Professor, and Daniel Sanchez was promoted to Distinguished Professor. Uh, at the school as well. So congratulations to all the faculty over there and to Dr. Patterson. Uh, a happy birthday again uh, to him this past week. 75th birthday, Amy. And as we mentioned, this is seminary trustee kind of time of the year for uh, meetings. Uh, Gateway had their meeting last week, and Dr. Orridge announced that the enrollment out there has kind of steadied out and is trending in the right direction. And the trustees also approved a long-range strategic planning process to chart a course for Gateway's progress to the year 2030. So now that they've kind of gotten settled, they're setting the course for uh, the next decade or so out there in Ontario, California. They also told the trustees about some programs coming up, the Chinese English Bilingual Program, which is going to have a Doctor of Ministry track here uh, in uh, at the Ontario campus and as well as one in Singapore. Um, and then they also heard some reports about their new remote access delivery system. So that's where they are actually letting students through visit through video conferencing uh, have remote access to the the class, I guess, while it's going on. So that's, that's pretty cool. cool. Yep. So yeah. a lot of innovation and uh, bilingual uh, programs out there at Gateway Seminary in the Ontario area. So congratulations to them as they chart their new course out there on the West Coast. Uh, also, the final trustee meeting recap we have from this week. Amy, I'm going to let you handle this one because you were there at the Southeastern Board of Trustees meeting. I was. I was. So that was this week. It was a good um, It was a good week. Very positive and encouraging. Um, great to see uh, so many, a lot of members of the Southeastern Society. is the largest one that I can remember, you know, in the time that I've been here. Uh, the room was really full and just had a really, really sweet time um, with everyone. And then uh, very excited to uh, launch our new capital campaign um, that really is focusing on uh, building a dining hall and a welcome center on campus. So that was really exciting to get to share that with the Southeastern Society and um, as the as the trustees approved that. So that was really, uh, really great. And then Dr. Aiken shared uh, his 10-year vision, which he uh, had shared in um, a chapel message earlier this year uh, at convocation, as well as uh, it's the kind of the highlight of our, our new magazine that's um, just got shipped out today, actually, uh, hot off the presses. Be watching but, the mailbox for that one. Yeah, so focusing on his uh, 10-year vision that lays out four marks of a Great Commission seminary. 
Um, and then uh, talked about just that we've seen eight consecutive years of growth. So another year of record enrollment, but just setting that goal for 10 years from now that we want to see, you know, 5,000 students. So wow. Southeastern really just wants to uh, to do our part, sending out students, reaching the world uh, for Christ and to, to do that uh, well. All right. And I know probably a busy week from you because you got right back from the Dominican Republic and went straight into yes, the trustee meeting. Yes, we landed. So like bang, yeah, bang. We, it, yeah, it was, so I, I'll say this, it was a wonderful week, but I am very tired because our our trip to the Dominican Republic was really good, had a couple of really good um, meetings and then enjoyed some time. We landed at midnight on Sunday, uh, so didn't, by the time we got luggage and everything, didn't get home until about 1.30 and up and going with uh, trustees immediately on Monday morning. So all that relaxing that I did um, kind of went out the window and now I'm exhausted again, but that's okay. <laughs> and finally, Amy, uh, we're going to tie kind of the news to this week in SBC history, because I, I know you have another history nugget for us, but I did want to mention this. Our friend Jason Dusing uh, put out a article this week on the 30th anniversary of the Humphreys-Patterson debate on the atonement. We have a link to the full article that will be in the Midwestern Journal of Theology. Uh, that happened 30 years ago, I think today that we're recording this. So on Dr. Patterson's birthday, the 19th of October, 1987. And this article is really is really good, uh, and, and not only is it great in terms of just the history of this, but it's very well written. I love like at the beginning of it, um, Dr. Dusing says, uh, while somewhat an intramural contest among Southern Baptists, the arguments volleyed were well known to the watching evangelical world. Just some good plays on words um, there, and I mean this is a big, really big deal looking at uh, the nature of the atonement and throughout the years i know and if anyone who kind of studies history uh recent baptist history um dr patterson loves to to kind of flesh things out in this way um in these debates and so there are a lot of them that you can see uh online and and they're always done in a, a really uh, kind of congenial way, uh, but this this was clearly. I mean, it was a really big it was a really big deal um, to have this one on um, the on the nature of the atonement because it's such an important topic. Uh, so this the journal article. It's about twenty four pages long. Um, very uh, very good. Gives a lot of historical context and uh, just kind of lays out what happened. So we highly recommend. Uh, that you go and check that out. So uh, that we've been talking about the atonement for a long time. This is something that definitely all started this week in SBC history. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week, which is <laughs> this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. Okay. So mine's already blown just a little bit with that one because that's 30 years ago. Uh, but I also wanted to throw out one that I found uh, from 1972. Um, and this is just a side note. This is just a kind of a different one. Um, that was a major uh, day in 1987 um, in kind of where we are theologically. But I was really encouraged by this article um, that I guess it wasn't happening this week in SBC history, but the story was being told. Um, and it was about a couple and we're in full-time mission work as uh, Christian Service Corps volunteers through the Home Mission Board. And they were 
literacy missionaries. They received no financial support for their work. They were literacy missionaries and they had 175 other volunteers who work in literacy missions. And it was this story about all of these people um, all over the place through the Home Mission Board that were using uh, their gifts to help uh, people all across the country teaching adults how to read. And you know what it made me think of? What's that? It made me think of the work that Donna Gaines is doing. Ah. Yeah, I immediately um, popped out to me. So we should, I shared that as a resource uh, some months back, but we should find that link again because maybe some listeners didn't get to read that. But um, it's, this is a great story. Uh, Lots of other stories in there. Uh, So anyway, Donna Gaines is someone we had been inspired by her work in literacy. uh, But we get to see that this was happening uh, in 1972. This is great. Um, a great way that uh, pe- that Southern Baptists have been doing missions here uh, in the United States. And it all happened this week in SBC history. All right. Well, there's another story in that that I, I found kind of interesting. Uh, Charles Tandy was tapped to, uh, to lead some fundraising for the uh, Radio and Television Commission. Yes, the, the that's name, true. The name Tandy may ring a bell to people. Tandy was the CEO president of the Tandy Corporation, which in 1963 bought Radio Shack, a little uh, group of stores in the Boston area, and took that thing worldwide. So Tandy group was, of stores. Yeah, yeah, that that was the uh, they were the the um, they were the parent company of Radio Shack, and, and really saw the Radio Shack expansion over uh, the years, and uh, you know not involved with it anymore. But the Tandy computer, that was the first computer I ever had, was named after wow. Tandy, which is who was a Southern Baptist. Didn't know that. Learned something new today. Yeah, and now we know. So lots of stuff, uh, lots of things. And go, uh, we should throw up as well the uh, SBC History Twitter account. They had a, a, that one had a lot of stuff. Our friend Luke had a lot of stuff yeah. out there um, this week. So lots and lots of things happening yep. this week in SBC History. Lots of stuff going on. And just kind of, you never know where Southern Baptists will pop up in the world. I had no idea that uh, the, the owner of Radio Shack in its heyday back in the 80s and 90s was a Southern Baptist. Yep. So, and that's going to move us on to your, our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a new app. It's a Gospel Conversations app, and it's put out by New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. They, they put out this app in celebration of their 100th anniversary kickoff, uh, where they're challenging, 100, 000, they're challenging their students and partners to have 100,000 Gospel Conversations over the next year uh, to celebrate the 100th anniversary of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And they put out this app so you can download it in any of the app stores. We'll link to it uh, to the uh, the website over there that they've got up for it. So pretty neat little thing. It, it tracks gospel conversations. It has resources, uh, lets you follow up and, uh, you know, just kind of keep up with uh, the gospel conversations you're having. So really, really neat app from New Orleans. Amy, your resource of the week is? My resource of the week is the Spurgeon Study Bible that um, has that has just come out. And uh, we, you know, we've talked a lot about this. I think I shared, um, I just recently read a biography of, Spur- of Charles Spurgeon that was just really good. Gave me things I, I did not know um, before. And then we've talked about the lost uh, sermons of Charles Spurgeon, volume two that came the, out. The well, found we have sermons, the, Amy. the found sermons. Correct. Correct. You guys are the ones giving it that title lost, not me. Um, well, it's a good TV the, show. Uh, We're just, you know, rolling with it. Yes. The, 
Yes, the CSB Spurgeon Study Bible, um, which is going to release on November 1st, um, has uh, excerpts from his sermons. They're chosen and edited by Alistair Begg. It's got an introductory biography, study notes crafted from his sermons, sermon illustrations placed on the same page as the text, quotables, sermon notes and outlines in his handwriting. Um, really cool stuff. And uh, I, I like this. Um, I think a lot of preachers probably would like having this, um, but I think I would actually like to have a copy as well. So, if you have any sitting around, Jonathan, maybe you should send one this way. Well, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like spoil everything, but it doesn't release November the first. It's already available. <gasps> so what? You can go out and get it tomorrow, if you like. Unless tomorrow is a Sunday, then you can't. If you're listening to this right. on Saturday, so you can't go out there store. tomorrow. Go out today. Okay. So, okay. Well, yeah, it's available. That's really exciting. Yep. So I saw it starting to pop up on Twitter and Facebook today. I started. See when people were getting theirs uh, shipped in, and it's it's showing up. It's really really nice looking. Okay, too. maybe that maybe that was the particular kind that I was looking at. Maybe it was like the leather. Uh, usually the uh, the the actual release date is I think November first, but we always get stuff in, and we don't hold stuff. Uh, there's no hard street dates on stuff like that. So nice. We do nice. have some products from certain authors that have hard street dates, but typically if 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 it's not a hard street date, when it hits the warehouse, it hits the stores and it hits the stores, it hits the shelves. So very cool. No reason in holding it in the back room where it can't sell. Right. Yes. So it hits the shelves. So it's out All there. Right. So go find your lifeway in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. All right. I may have to do that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I'm going to be traveling next week, headed to uh, Dallas with uh, Chris Martin, who works with me. And we're going to a conference next week in Dallas. So, be on the road recording next week, Amy. Very cool. Yep. I, uh, at, for the first time in several weeks, we'll just be uh, here in Wake Forest the entire time. So looking forward to that. Yep. We should have some more state convention news and recaps to share with you next week, as well as uh, I think we got one outstanding trustee meeting report uh, from New Orleans, I believe. That's the only one we haven't had yet. So keep an eye out for that one as well from New Orleans Seminary and their trustee meeting. And once again, we want to thank our sponsor, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary up in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, happy birthday again to Dr. Moeller and Dr. Patterson. And uh, you can find out more about the Billy Graham School at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary at sbts.edu slash bgs. And uh, once again, congratulations to the North American Mission Board for that largest ever Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Excellent. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>